Sometimes a photograph isn't what it appears to be, but still has the power to transport you to a place that's as vast as the imagination. Today we'll introduce you to a photographer and travel blogger whose photography has recreated the outdoors by bringing it indoors in an artful and creative way. Aaron Sullivan of Aaron Outdoors does just that with photographic prestidigitation. So I decided that it might be a fun experiment to try to create outdoor adventures in my house using household objects. Aaron is an amazing photographer, and one of my favorites was a photograph that recreated a mountain climber in a canyon made from pancakes. We're coming to you from Brookside Gardens, just outside of Washington, D.C., in the Wheaton-Glenmont area of Montgomery County. It's a beautiful garden filled with azaleas and birds, and it's really a special place that brings us outdoors, and many people in our area enjoy it. The walking paths are vast, and so we are enjoying a very rare day outside walking through the gardens. This is World Footprints with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick. Aaron Sullivan is a photographer and writer who's passionate about the outdoors, meaningful travel, and living deliberately. Aaron has spoken on the TEDx stage, and in 2018, Passion Passport recognized her as a storyteller who is changing the face of travel. Aaron, welcome. How are you doing today, and what's happening in your area, which I understand is Los Angeles? Thanks. Happy to be here. LA is starting to open uh, slowly after the um, pandemic closures. So we're just experiencing that. But for me, I mean, my life has been um, pretty much pretty consistent over the past couple months of staying home, um, which is a, a new thing for me as I'm normally spend quite a bit of time on the road. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I know you love the outdoors. Um, and the name of your blog is Aaron Outdoors, but there's actually a backstory to the name of your blog that incorporates the outdoors. Um, but there's a broader meaning. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so before I pursued photography and blogging and writing professionally, um, I was a guide. I was a tour guide. I led adventure trips for teenagers all over the world, which I refer to as extreme babysitting um, because you have groups of um, anywhere from eight to 16 teenagers um, and you're backpacking in the wilderness with them or you're uh, driving a van through Italy blasting Justin Bieber. Um, that's what I did throughout my early 20s. Um, Bless you. <laughs> and yeah, and um, it's a really rewarding job to be able to um, host and facilitate a travel experience, especially for teenagers or anybody who's in a transitional moment or period in their life. Um, and throughout my years working as a guide, that became so clear to me 
um, that just as it's important to experience other cultures and go places that are unfamiliar to you and your routine and your upbringing, um, it's also important to get out of your comfort zone, whatever that means, which sometimes means turning inward and sometimes means asking yourself bigger questions about um, life, your values, your whatever transition you're in. Um, so the name Aaron Outdoors, when I started my blog, I came home from a long stint of travel and living abroad. And um, I, people were just asking me all the time about how I had this amazing job and how I traveled so much. So I thought, okay, well, I'll start a blog so that I can have something to send them. So I don't have to answer the questions every time specifically to that person. Um, and I settled on the name Aaron Outdoors, not only for the obvious reason that I love the outdoors, but also meaning outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of what is consistent and routine for you and what you're comfortable with, um, stepping stepping out into the unknown a bit. So that's the double meaning behind my blog. Not a lot of people know that. I did my research. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> now, for those who are not familiar with you, you're an extraordinary travel writer, but probably an even more extraordinary photographer, both of animals, both of undersea life. So with all of that, and given that you really can't do those things, how are you keeping your creativity flowing and satisfying your wanderlust? Thanks, Ian. Um, Well, um, California went into lockdown about mid-March. And at the time, I kind of saw what was coming. I was looking at what was happening in Europe, specifically Italy seeing that, that their whole country went on lockdown and kind of anticipating that that could be what happened for us. Um, so I was spending a lot of time in quiet meditation, hikes when our trails were open, um, and thinking about and reflecting on how do I stay not only connected to these things that I love, travel, the outdoors, nature, um, the spirit of travel, but also how do I stay creative, which as a creative person and as a creative entrepreneur, super important to me and I think to many in that community or who would identify that way. Um, So I was asking myself that question and I kind of was reminded of when I was a child and I couldn't fall asleep in my hat at night or I was um, bored and I would just imagine these tiny adventures, like in the folds in my sheets or in the corners of my um, kitchen. Um, and we didn't really travel a lot when I was growing up in my family. We did kind of local beach vacations, but I was 21 before I traveled internationally at all. Um, so I decided that it might be a fun experiment to try to create outdoor adventures in my house using household objects. So the first scene that I created, I was using pillowcases and sheets, and then I ordered some tiny figurines from model train sets in order to give the images a sense of scale. Um, And I did the first set. The second one was a paper bag canyon. Um, And by that point, I had been sharing it on social media, and people were so uplifted by it and given a sense of whimsy and joy that I made it into a hashtag, which is hashtag our great indoors. And I invited people to participate. So now if you search that hashtag our great indoors, you will see lots of takes on um, creating 
landscapes or outdoor adventure scenes, travel scenes, using things um, from inside the home. Hmm. I saw one with a bunch of pancakes and, <laughs> and a little person on top of a pancake with syrup dripping down. And I, you know, I, I saw a couple of different uh, figures, like perhaps it represented a series of mountains or mm-hmm. uh, what, what was, how did you use the pancakes and did you eat those afterwards? <laughs> of course. Um, you can't make that many pancakes and not eat them. <laughs> um, <laughs> So with this project, it starts with brainstorming. I'll just sit and think about the objects that are in my house or food. I've been using a lot of food items and I always eat the food, um, except for I made a jello lake and it was unflavored jello. And I have to say, I didn't eat that. Um, <laughs> but the pancakes, I made a pancake Canyon and I stacked pancakes super high. Um, and then put some syrup so that it was like a syrup waterfall and then set my little train figures. They were hiking through. Um, and the figures are really small. They're like the size of your, of a nail of like your thumbnail. Mm. Um, so they're really tiny. I have some bigger ones too. Um, but because I want to really shrink these little mini worlds that I'm creating, I, I, I like using the, the really tiny ones. Mm-hmm. And then of course we, We ate the pancakes afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Good deal. We're speaking with photographer and travel blogger, Erin Sullivan, who is joining us today from Los Angeles. I'm going to ask you a question that we're asked all the time. And for me, particularly, it's it's very challenging. So I'm going to challenge you with this question. Great. (laughs) Have you, um, is, is there a country that you've identified I'll, I'll call it your soul country like a country you just really connect to or, or even a city is there a place that um, speaks to your soul so I, when you said that, I, um, that you were going to ask a question you're asked all the time I knew immediately what question it was <laughs> people um, people find out what I do for a living and the immediate question is what's your favorite place you've ever been I know and it's hard to answer it's oh, hard totally to answer. yeah <laughs> but but I like the way that you phrased that question what's your soul country because um for me I definitely have that place and for me it's Greece um I first went there in t- uh, 2012 as a trip leader I was leading a trip for teenagers and um just felt really at home there just a really inexplicable sense of peace and joy and lightness and um ever since have been going back a few times a year huh interesting good deal what's the place for you Ooh. um (laughs) well most recently um i'll I'll say it's it's portugal um (gasps) brazil really really touched uh both of our our hearts um and there's just something about the portuguese culture that um that we love that you know the history although some of the history is very dark Mm. um but um there's just something uh, and i you know and and it's very unexplainable um, you know, we have countries that we love, like Namibia, South Africa, for a variety of reasons, um, Bermuda. Uh, but there's something about Portugal for, for us, enough for us to consider buying a flat there. <laughs> oh, cool. In what city? Uh, Porto. 
I lived there for nine months. I love Florida. Oh, we are so going to talk offline. (laughs) (laughs) It was so long ago and it was like my first trip abroad. So I might not have that much useful information, but uh, Portugal has a really um, special place in my heart as well. And I love what you said about it just being, you can't really explain it. Mm -hmm. And same with, I mean, Greece has quite a dark history as well. And it's, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't, I, so I lead trips a couple times a year to Greece. Um, I've been doing that since 2017, just mm-hmm. because my background's in trip leading. My blog readers wanted to know a way to travel with me. So I have connections with guides all over the world. I was able to create a trip that was really aligned with um, with my values and, and what my readers enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and in September, I went and just rented a flat for a, like 10 days by myself in a city I hadn't been to in Greece before and worked on my Greek skills. And I don't know, you just, it's a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling, touches right? your soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so exciting. You're going to buy a flat and Erin, <laughs> when you're traveling and you're doing your photo shoots and things such as that, how do you get to enjoy the destination apart from work? Mm, I think that's such an important question, especially in the time when we all have social media and want to show people what we're up to and um, do it for the gram (laughs) in some uh, capacity. Um, So I think it's important to be really mindful in our travels of the time that we're spending actually learning and being in that place, really immersing ourselves in that culture without just trying to get a picture of it or to get a recording of it. Um, and And I do, I think that has a lot to do with mindfulness and really setting a clear intention to be present, um, during your trip and to, um, come away with some, real things that you learned about that place um, and clarity on how that made you feel. So speaking of travels, where did you travel last before the coronavirus and what was your most memorable experience from that? So before the coronavirus, I was working on um, filming a show that I host. Um, It's a mini series for REI. It's called In Our Nature, and every episode we dive into a topic about the future of the outdoors. So mm-hmm. we've done every we've done episodes about um, outdoor preschools, um, episodes about if social media is ruining the outdoors, episodes about spending time inside, what that means and looks like, and that's especially relevant now. Um, so I was shooting episodes of that just domestically. Um, the last one was up in Northern California. Um, and I think a memorable, what stands out to me is that, um, and in shooting that the whole series, which we've done only over the past about 12 months, um, is that there is so much to see and experience and learn in the States. Um, which because I love international travel so much, I think I had maybe overlooked a little bit 
Um, and then also working with the production team that I'm lucky enough to work with, um, just being reminded that solo travel, of course, is really powerful and I love solo travel, but it's also really wonderful to have travel experiences with the people that you love and um, to share that together is really special. Um, we were filming an, epi an episode that we actually haven't posted yet because of the times. It's like we filmed it and then this all happened. So it's kind of like not the right time to post this particular video. Um, but in the video, I got to spend some quality time with a pet cow. So it was just me and a massive cow. And I'm like <laughs> petting her and she's like using me as a scratching post. Um, and then my uh, my producer is like trying to film it and the cow's trying to like eat the camera. It was great. <laughs> so that's like a memorable snapshot to give you. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it's very memorable for the cow, too. <laughs> we hope. Who knows? <laughs> so, you know, what What do you think? We're, we're both, we're all travel journalists, and we, you know, one of the uncertainties for all of us is what travel will look like for us um, post-coronavirus. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. I think it's hard to make a prediction right now. I don't think people will stop traveling altogether, but I do have to assume that it's going to be closer to home for mm -hmm. a little while. Um, I would not be surprised if people are apprehensive to get on planes or go internationally. Um, I think masks will be more common, socially distanced practices or physically distanced practices rather um, will, will be more common. Um, this has been a lesson in pivoting for me. Yeah. Um, and figuring out how I can keep the spirit of travel alive for myself, my audience and my clients because all of my jobs evaporated um, with this. And then I created the mini indoor series and now all of my clients and even new clients have come to me and want to work together on that. Oh, um, fantastic. It's been great. So in terms of like, I've been able to really save a lot of my income or, you know, the, the projects that I was working on, I, I was able to pivot them successfully. So I think this time really asks our whole industry as the travel industry to really get creative and dig into what the spirit of travel is and how we can keep that alive um, in the meantime. But I, we will travel again. We will. Yes. Yes. We're speaking with photographer and travel blogger Aaron Sullivan joining us today from Los Angeles. Yeah. As we think about the future and future travel, what do you think will change about the way you experience travel going forward? We've had a lot of time to think during this time. Yeah. How do you think that's going to change how you may approach travel and how you do your job going forward? Oh, such a great question. I anticipate having a new sense of gratitude. I really miss being on a plane. <laughs> I miss airports, like things that I really um, took for granted before. And I, and I think it's human nature to take stuff for granted. But, you know, um, I take home for granted when I'm sure. like here too much, too much. Right. 
Um, and then when I'm traveling, I, I miss home. So um, it's just getting ever more mindful <laughs> and um, just really practicing and noticing the gratitude of being in these places. Um, and I've always been a fan of slower travel. Mm -hmm. I also have never been trying to like add to my tally of how many countries I've been to. I, I would almost rather go back to a country I've been to before and go deeper rather than just like scatter myself wider, I guess. Um, and I think I'll continue to do that. I, I think this time has really reminded me to slow down in so many ways. Um, and I, and I recognize that I have a lot of privilege in that I have a safe place to live and I was able to figure out my, an income. Um, and I live in a safe place where I can go for walks outside. Um, you know, and there's so many folks that are really struggling right now and don't have the luxury to say like, I've meditated, you know, yeah. like, so I, I want to acknowledge that. Um, but for me, the, I, I just, I'm excited to travel again and I'm excited to do it intentionally and slowly and with gratitude and with listening and with learning. Yes. So where you are right now in LA County, I think it's very um, similar to where we are in Montgomery County, right outside of DC. Um, quasi stay-at-home orders. Uh, we've been, <laughs> we've been. I think I've been out of the house maybe three times in the last two months, and that's you know just to go to the store or for a little walk. Um, so there's there's a lot of things that we're we're missing. What will be the first thing you do or and or the first place you head to once uh, restrictions are lifted? Uh, well, I'm lucky that living in Southern California, we have beaches and our beaches are open for recreation. So you can walk and run and not everyone is following that guideline. Um, I'm excited to lay on the beach when that's allowed which um, I've, I've seen folks doing it now, but I just don't feel right about knowingly disobeying a guideline that's in place to keep us safe, you know? Um, I look forward to going to Greece, just because I love it there. <laughs> and then um, a road trip in California sounds really nice. Um, just to the desert, Joshua Tree, Anza Borrego, or up to Yosemite, um, the Sierras, just we have so much natural beauty here in the state. Uh, so let's pretend that everything is lifted and you're mm -hmm. going to jump on a flight okay. to Greece, long haul flight. Um, if you could choose anyone to sit next to you, either past or present on that long haul flight, who would that be? Anthony Bourdain, no questions. Mm. No mm. questions asked. He's been my hero for as long as I knew he existed. <laughs> I just so admire the way that he never made travel about him. Mm -hmm. He was able to share stories in a way that um, put the focus onto the people and the places that he was sharing and their stories. Um, and he just 
had a, a talent of, of making those stories shine um, just as as bright as they could. So, yeah. And I loved his, his I just think he has, he's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah. And I miss his presence in our world. I really yeah, do. Me too. For more on Aaron's photography and writing, visit AaronOutdoors.com and look for a link on this show page at WorldFootprints.com. You've been listening to the award-winning World Footprints podcast with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick as we come to you from Brookside Gardens just outside of Washington, D.C. World Footprints connects you to the world through powerful storytelling that uncovers the full narrative of our cultural and human experiences. Travel deeper by visiting our website, worldfootprints.com, and make sure you sign up for our newsletter and receive a special gift we have just for subscribers. Somehow, dear, talking with Aaron about the creative form of photography in this beautiful photographic setting of Brookside Gardens uh, just really brings her work and our conversation uh, to a different level for me. I love the fact that she shared how she's using her time to satisfy her wanderlust, but also keep her creative juices flowing. And I, I love the outdoor scenes that, that she created and the fact that, you know, she started a, a mini movement among other photographers and encouraging other people to create their own great indoors, just using the things they have at home. Even though she loves the outdoors, she also has found creative ways to make the indoors come alive too. Also in our conversation, her appreciation for Anthony Bourdain, who's been an inspiration to us and an inspiration to legions of travel writers. And it was a a poignant reminder just how impactful he's been on the work of so many in our business. Well, you know, when she said that Anthony Bourdain is somebody that she would love to travel with on a long-haul flight, it was just... uh, you know, it was a painful reminder, um, actually, that we lost him and we no longer have him here. I also miss his presence. As we close, we'll leave you with the words of American writer Henry Miller, who wrote about travel, among many other things. One's destination is never a place, but a new way of seeing things. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we're honored that you chose to spend this time with us and that you've allowed us to offer meaningful connections through the stories we share on World Footprints. This World Footprints podcast with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick is a production of World Footprints LLC, Silver Spring, Maryland. The multi-award winning podcast is available on worldfootprints.com and on audio platforms worldwide including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Alexa, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Public Radio Exchange, and many more. Connect with the world with a deeper understanding through powerful stories. Visit worldfootprints.com to enjoy more podcasts and compelling articles from international travel writers. And be sure to subscribe to the newsletter and receive a free gift. 
World Footprints is a trademark of World Footprints LLC, which retains all rights to the World Footprints portfolio, including worldfootprints.com and this podcast. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast and website are those of the guests and authors and are not necessarily endorsed by World Footprints LLC.